Good morning, Cathedral of Faith. How is everyone this morning? Can you stand with me as we get ready to go to the Lord and worship and praise? I don't know about you, but I just got out of Easter, and I had that, like, I want to get something going this morning. You know, I don't know about you, but something about this morning, something about this week, something about being here has just got me excited. So let's go to the Lord with his scripture today. It comes from Matthew 18 and 20. Really, really simple. It says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I'm in the midst also. So where are we at, Cathedral? Are we ready to worship? Are we ready to worship? Are you ready to worship? Let's go! Cathedral of Faith, somebody shout hallelujah! Put your hands together with us.
everybody. As we continue to worship, Lord, if you feel comfortable to do so, we just invite you to extend your hands to the heavens as we just acknowledge the presence of God, the goodness of God. Father, we thank you so much for your promises. We thank you even more for your presence. God, we thank you, Lord, that you've made it available to us. Your goodness, your grace, your mercy, your salvation, a future. Lord, we're grateful today. We stand grateful. And I pray for those who gather here today, those who are watching online, those who are at various parts of the campus, who are on other campuses. God, I pray, Lord, that today as we, as we gather, as we lift our voice in song, as we shout a hallelujah, I pray, Lord, that you, your spirit would ride in on those words. And that, Lord, you're by your spirit, God, you would surround your people with the goodness and mercy of God. I pray, Lord, that their faith would become a, alive in this moment, that it would become bigger than maybe it's ever been before, to believe and trust you to do and complete the work that you've begun in each and every one of us. Thank you, Father God. As we look back through the course of our lives, we can see very clearly how you've made a way, how you've been faithful, how you've been present, how you've never lived, you've never left us, you've never forsaken us. And I pray, Lord, that as we worship you in this moment, God, we would put that at the forefront of our mind. That we would be a grateful people that stand here today in your presence. In the face of uncertainty, we say hallelujah. In the face of the unknown, we say hallelujah. Mm. In the face of confusion and chaos, we say hallelujah. face of shame and remorse, we say hallelujah. In the face of our losses and our defeats, our failures, we still say hallelujah. And out of the ashes, hope is going to rise for us today. Out of the ashes, hope is going to rise today. Death is defeated. We have much to be grateful for today. So we say thank you, thank you, thank you. In the name of Jesus, all of God's people said today, amen and amen. Can we put our hands together and applaud the goodness of our Lord in this moment? We love you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord.
faith God is good and all the time Lord we thank you for this day Lord I pray that you would speak through every moment that we step through and Lord may the goodness of God be so evident here at Cathedral of Faith we love you we applaud your greatness and goodness and in the mighty name of Jesus all of God's people shouted in this moment amen come on one more time Cathedral put your hands together Somebody shout hallelujah. 
Well, good morning, Cathedral family. It's great to be together today celebrating God's goodness. Amen. One of the first prayers I ever learned as a kid was this one. God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for this food. Anybody know that one? It's wonderful that God has all power, that he knows all things, that he's everywhere. He's great, but that greatness is balanced with the fact that he's good. He's a good God. And in so many histories of other nations and religions, they might talk about greatness, but they don't talk that much about goodness. And that's the blessing we have, because you know what? It's following after us all the days of our life. Amen? Well, it's so great to be here. We're so glad you joined with us, especially those of you who are guests in our home today. In the seat back in front of you, you'll notice a QR code you can scan or fill out the back and drop it off. We'd love to help you find ways to connect and grow and serve with our family so you can become all God intended you to be. It's a special treat for me to have a friend from Bible College, Doug McGarity, with me today. We went to Bible College. Even though we're only 25, it was 45 years ago. So... (laughs) And we're so glad that you joined with us. Last weekend, several hundred people received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Isn't that a great celebration? And whether you're one of those couple hundred that received Jesus or whether you just haven't made the decision yet, next weekend we're having a baptismal service. If you would like to follow the Lord in obedience, your own personal death and resurrection, out with the old, in with the new, encourage you to call the church office and sign up this week so that you can be baptized in one of the services next weekend. Look forward to celebrating that moment. There are so many ways that you can be part of growing and connecting. Just want to remind our senior adults this week, Chosen Generation takes place, celebrating the resurrection, coming out and be ready to have a lot of fun and act resurrected, huh? Coming up on Mother's Day, Sheila Walsh, who's an international speaker, author, TV host, is an amazing woman of God, especially working through mental health issues, is going to be here. If you know someone working through mental health issues, she's got an incredible testimony. It's also a great time to bring your mom out or moms force your kids to come with you. It'll be a great Sunday to celebrate God's goodness as well. We're also, as you know, the heartbeat of our church is reaching out. The thousands of families we touch every week the millions of dollars that go through this place to bless our community. We're gonna have a special fundraiser coming up in just a few weeks. Take a look at our good friend Christian Dentley and take six as they let us know what's gonna happen. Can I have your attention, please? It's your boy, Christian Dentley from Take Six. And I've got a good 30 seconds to let you know what's happening on Tuesday, May 16th, right there at Cathedral of Faith. We are bringing our incredible Join the Band concert to San Jose with this special benefit concert that's going to make a big difference in the community. So here's what we want you to do. Scan this QR code in Jesus' name and make sure you get your tickets early because we're going to sell the place out. And for those of you who love a bargain, use the code Cathedral for a special discount. It's going to be an amazing show for an amazing cause. So scan and that QR code in Jesus' name. And meet us there on Tuesday night, May 16th at 7 o'clock. We going up? Yeah, we'd love to have you come out. You'll be blessed by their ministry as well as be able to be a blessing to our community through the funds that are raised. Also coming up the end of May, we have a special conference for single adults called Becoming the One. You know, a lot of people are interested in, oh, I hope I find the one. Is she the one? Is he the one? When can I find the one? I think the focus for us as believers is becoming the one first, the one that Jesus wants us to be, and then we find the one. And it's gonna be a powerful time. There's information at one of the kiosks after service. We'd love to have single adults as well as married people. Maybe you're married and you didn't become the one first. It's time to do that. And so we'd love to have you come out and join us for that. Also, magadagumaga samanga kaibiginko. Where's our Filipinos in the house? We're taking a trip to the Philippines in September to minister at our site there. We've had a church campus there for 10 years. Their 10th anniversary is coming up. We'd love to have you join us on that trip, especially looking for tile layers. If you know how to lay tile, we'd love to have you. But we're going to go over there and minister to our pastors, John and Myra, and their congregation as they celebrate 10 years. The information's at the center guest wall following service. Man, what a blessing to be part of a church family that is so generous. You recognize the truth that we've been blessed to be a blessing. And thank you for all the ways you do that as we minister to our community, as we minister to those in need. 
and thank you each week. We take this moment to express our gratitude for your generosity, whether you give online, whether you go to their text, whether you go to our app, whether you're at home and you're writing out a check and mailing it in or dropping it by. Thank you. We pray God's blessing on you, your finances, your investments, your lives, your health, that God would continue to bless you so that you can be a blessing. In just a moment, we're gonna receive Holy Communion together. So if you wanna make sure you have elements, the ushers will make sure you have them if you don't have them already. The Lord's gonna prepare our hearts as Jessica and the worship team come to just point us to Jesus. Let's lift him up. I speak the name of Jesus over you. invite you to stand with me in this moment. Right after the resurrection of Jesus, he's walking along the road to Emmaus with two men. They didn't know who he was, but as they were walking, he began to explain things to them, and eventually he had a moment like this. It says he took the bread, he blessed the bread, he broke it and gave it to them. And in that moment, their eyes were opened. 
that's what I'm praying in this moment, that your eyes will be opened in these next moments because that just didn't happen in Emmaus. A couple chapters earlier, <clears throat> earlier in Luke chapter nine, a young boy brings five loaves and fishes and here's what it says, the same thing. Jesus took the bread, he blessed it, he broke it, and he gave it to them. Later on, Paul writes in Corinthians these same four things that happen when we come together in this moment. Jesus broke, took the bread, he blessed the bread, he broke the bread, he gave the bread. But that's not only how he deals with bread. That's how he deals with any of us when he uses us. He took Abraham away from his family, he blessed him, he broke him through some circumstances and then gave him to be a blessing for generations. Same thing with Moses, took him from the bulrushes, blessed him in Pharaoh's house, broke him 40 years in the wilderness, and then also used him, took him and gave him to be a blessing. Jesus was taken from heaven, blessed with miracles, signs and wonders, broken on the cross and then given for our sins. The reality is all of us are in one of those four stages right now. Maybe you're in a taking stage where something's been taken from you. Someone's walk away, you lost a job, things happened you weren't expecting, a sickness came, and it's like, God, I don't know where you're taking me. You're in that taken moment. Some of us are in that blessed moment. Everything's going well, we're experiencing the blessing of God. There's health and strength and favor. Some of us might be in that breaking stage. Broken hearts, broken dreams, broken times. But all that is leading to that fourth stage so that he can give us. Give us to this community, give us for his glory, give us to him. But here's the wonderful truth, above all, say that with me, above all, whatever one of those four stages you're in, you're in his hands. You're in his hands. He's got you, he's got this. So whether you're broken or being taken, whether it's dealing with sin or dealing with struggles, in this moment, we bring it all to Jesus as he takes us blesses us, breaks us, and then gives us. When Jesus took the bread, he blessed it and said, take and eat, this is my body broken for you. He went through that journey so that whatever you face now, he's the source of blessing, he's the source of taking, he's the source of breaking, he's also the source of giving you everything you need. Let's receive now the body of Christ. In the same manner, he took the cup. I'm gonna ask you to raise the cup with me as we ask God to raise our hopes, raise our expectations, raise our anticipation of what he's going to do in and through us because he is holding us in his hands. There's one secret to every Bible story. The Lord was with Abraham. Mary, the Lord is with you. The Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Esther. And the Lord is with you. Receive now the cup of forgiveness. Hallelujah. 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 Let's just take a moment to give God thanks and praise for his faithfulness. We serve a good God, a great God, a forgiving God. Again, the story of every single Bible person is the Lord is with them. So as you're being seated, turn to somebody next to you and say, the Lord be with you. Well, ever since the beginning, God has always had a dream. His dream by creating mankind was that there would be a people here on earth who would reflect what he's like. He's always been about building and releasing a people who would demonstrate on earth what it's like in heaven. We've all received that grace and we all are called to give that grace. And this weekend we have a special guest, Dr. John Jackson, who's dedicated himself to that teaching. In fact, he's written a book called Grace Awakening, Heaven on Earth. How do, we, how do we bring that about? And he's got a powerful word for us today. 
He's a pastor, he's a church planter, he's a leader of leaders, and currently he's the president of William Jessup University, which I've had the privilege of teaching there the last few years, so he's actually my boss in one sense. It's great to have him with us. He's put, committed his life to helping us live out here on heaven, where, uh, here on earth, whatever it is of heaven in our areas of calling, of business, media, arts, entertainment, whatever it is. He and his wife, Pam, have been married for four decades. He has five children and four, almost five grandchildren who love him very much, and you're gonna love him too as he brings the word of the Lord. Let's welcome Dr. John Jackson as he comes. Thank you so much. Pastor Wayne just said that I can go until next week's service starts. So that's so wonderful. What a gift. What a gift. Thank you, brother. Thank you. It is so great. I love this church. I really love this church. I feel like this is my kind of church because you love Jesus here. You love Jesus. I can tell that. You love Jesus. I can tell that you love the Word of God. And I love, love, love that you are a legacy ministry. Uh, William Jessup University was started at San Jose Bible College in 1939, and uh, we have such a long heritage of connection with this church family. And when I first became the president, I heard about Cathedral of Faith, very quickly got to be connected and met uh, Pastor Kenny and then Pastor Ken and Kurt and uh, so many others of you, Pastor Wayne. I just want to thank you so much for being such a faithful group of people. In fact, uh, we have Alyssa Flores on our campus, and you just need to know what a deep impact she's making. We just are so grateful. Uh, at Jessup, we're all about helping students be equipped and known, equipped and known. And so we have uh, on ground and online, we have undergraduate and graduate, we have some certificates. And uh, one of the things we want to do is make it possible for some of you to come to Jessup in a way that you might never have imagined. So let's throw the next screen up there. We've got actually a full scholarship, a grand prize winner, get a full tuition scholarship. Uh, there's a promo code JESSUPC23. If you'll go to that, it'll uh, be an opportunity for you to uh, compete and get it entered into that. This is not gambling, by the way, so it doesn't count as gambling, but you get a chance to be a part of that. We'd love to have you come. There's also a really handsome young man named Cameron. He'll be out at the uh, Information Center today. Now, let me tell you about this book, Grace Ambassador, just really quick. Uh, it's an opportunity that I've had to just share that I believe that everybody has a divine calling. So let me say this to you. Your address is not an accident. Your address is not an accident. It's an assignment. Your address is not an accident, it's assignment. And I actually believe that your presence here this morning or your participation online or whenever you watch this particular teaching, that is not an accident. It's actually a divine encounter. It's a moment. I was praying as we were participating in worship in the second service here, and as I began to pray, I began to say, Lord, I specifically believe that there's a touch that you have for somebody today. Somebody today, you came here carrying a heavy load. And I hope the worship has already ministered to your spirit. I hope what's already happened with communion is you felt the intimacy and unbelievably amazing love of Jesus that he has for you. You are not alone. He has something for you very specifically this morning. And I want you to be able to receive that. Now, I know that this is a Bible church, right? You guys are into the Bible. You read the Bible. I've actually heard the Bible here. That's good. This is a Bible church. Uh, so I want to just share with you. Do you know about the Lord's Prayer in the Bible? You've heard of the Lord's Prayer before. Maybe you've said it. Maybe you've read it. Let me read just a portion of it. Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 11. It says this. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, many of you have said this prayer, right? Have you said this before? You, you know this prayer. You, you remember Jesus teaching the disciples. Well, to be honest, uh, as a pastor for over four decades, I've read this passage hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of times. I've prayed this prayer before, but about 10 years ago, I had an encounter with God about this prayer, and I have to tell you something that's painful. So I want to be very real with you. I want to be transparent, but I still want you to trust me, okay? So I'm going to tell you something honest and open, and I need you to not turn off, okay? The doors have been locked. You may not leave, all right? So, so here's the deal. Ten years ago, I was reading this passage, and as I was reading this passage, I felt like God told me this. John, you do not believe that prayer. 
John, you do not believe that prayer. And as I was having this conversation with the Lord, just like in my heart and in my spirit, I was saying, wait a minute, what do you mean? I, like, I've taught on this passage. I've, I've preached this passage. I've prayed this passage. I, God, of course I believe. And he said, no, you don't. And I had to come to grips with this very challenging truth. I actually did not believe this part of the Bible. Now, what do I mean by this? When Jesus prayed, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Every single time in my life that I heard that phrase, I clicked into a different mode. Let me for a moment call it a mode. It's the hallmark mode. Have you ever given a card to somebody that you love and the card expressed amazing sentiments? In our family, we actually try to spend a little bit of time picking out the card and the goal of getting the right card is that the person will read the card and they'll get kind of emotional, right? Because it's so powerful. The words in the card are just right. Well, have you ever given a card to somebody that you love and you signed your name to it and you put nice thoughts in it, but the expression on the card was a sentiment that you know that you fall short of in everyday life. Has that ever happened to you? A card expressed beautiful sentiments, but the reality of your life and your love was far short of the sentiment in the card. I call that the Hallmark kind of thing. Like, like Hallmark, big, huge card, American Greetings, whatever your card is. The reality is this. Sometimes when we read these passages in scripture, we think that's a beautiful sentiment, but reality is different. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I always thought it was a hallmark sentiment. And then the Spirit of God so convicted me in that moment that it began to go through a season of experiences where I said, Lord, is it really true that Jesus was not actually expressing a hallmark sentiment? He was making a declaration from heaven. It is the intent of God the Father who loves you that you would actually live on earth as it is in heaven. That was a gripping moment. And I've now come to believe that Jesus was not simply giving a hallmark sentiment. He was making a declaration of heaven and it is the will of God that every single one of us who know him would bring his life, his love, his grace, and his compassion into every atmosphere into which he takes you. So let me give you a little background. I'm a, I'm a college president, so I have to do one little academic thing. And if you're not a college person, it's totally fine. Just give me like literally 60 seconds. 500 years ago, there was a Catholic priest, his name was Martin Luther. He was really upset with the church, so he wrote out all the things he was upset about, 95 different things. He took that statement, took it to the church, and he nailed it to the door. So pastor, if people are upset about five or 10 things, do not worry about this. Martin Luther was upset about 95 things. He called it the 95 theses, 95 things that he thought were wrong with the church. That started what we now call the Protestant Reformation. And the great news about the Reformation is that it helped unveil this whole idea. We believe that salvation is by grace through faith. How many of you are glad to know that you are saved not on the basis of your merit or your works, but by the grace and love of Jesus? Me too, me too, that's a amen, that's good, worth clapping for. The reality is this, I think we've done a really good job with grace received. But you know what? In the Reformation, there was one other belief that we articulated. And that's the idea not just of grace received, but it's the idea of the priesthood of all believers. We actually said not only should grace be received, but every single one of us are priests before God. We can go directly to God through the person of Jesus Christ and that everywhere we go, we carry the spirit of the living God. I believe we have a really big vision of grace received and a really small vision of grace distributed. So this morning, I want to spend some moments and just encourage you. In fact, I believe this. I believe that grace distributed is the mandate of this hour for the people of God. Grace distributed is the mandate of this hour for the people of God. I really believe this. Your address is not an accident. You live in your neighborhood because God placed you there. You are working at your current place of employment because God has placed you there. It is not an accident. Amen. In fact, let me say this. I, I can't... I can't prove this spiritually. I can't prove this biblically, but here's what I believe may have happened. Jesus dies on the cross. 
He goes in the tomb, and on the third day, he's risen again. We celebrate that. He spends time, about 40 days, and then he ascends to the Father. This is what I've always imagined, but I can't prove it. I've always imagined that Jesus gets up to heaven. The angels gather around, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, right there at the throne of God, and they have a conversation. Now, again, I'm imagining this. This is not in the Bible, but I'm imagining the angels saying to Jesus, okay, Jesus, that was amazing. We've been watching everything. It's incredible. Signs, wonders, everything, but Jesus, what's the plan from here on out? And Jesus said, well, I I had 12, well, one of them betrayed me. So I've got 11 disciples. I've got 11 disciples. There's about 120 people. They're gathered in an upper room in uh, Jerusalem. Uh, they are um, kind of afraid. They're afraid of persecution, but they're gathered there. But, but they're my plan A. And I can imagine the angels just in human words saying, um, do you have a plan B? <laughs> and so here's what I want to say to you for the next few moments. You are God's plan A, and there's no plan B. You are God's plan A. You have unique gifts. You have unique background. You have traumas and pain and struggles and circumstance in your life that God has allowed you to experience. He didn't cause them, but he's allowed you to experience, and right now is a redemptive moment. Your entire life was destined to be an instrument in the hand of God to bring about love and joy and peace in the lives of others. God wants you personally transformed. He wants your home transformed. He wants your community, your workplace, even that workplace that's annoying. If you have a coworker that's really annoying to you or a boss that's not fair to you, I want you to hear this. God has you in that atmosphere. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, he has you in that atmosphere as the son of the most high, as a daughter of the most high, in order to bring his light and his love into that place. You may be in a hard place right now, but he has you there to be a redemptive part of his kingdom. Look at with me at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 to 21. We're going to anchor there. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. How many of you know that's good news? God was not counting people's sins against them. That's amazing. And he's committed to us, the plan A, he's committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassador. So when I say grace ambassador, I mean that you are an ambassador of the goodness of God, just as we sang. You're an ambassador of the love of Christ, of the grace of Christ. We are Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you or beg you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Now, I grew up Baptist, so I've got three points, okay? Every sermon has three points. I've got three points, and I'm a guest speaker, so I promise you this, I will get you out on time, okay? I may have to crash land you at the end, but I will get you out on time, okay? I'll do that. That's part of my personal commitment to every place that I teach. Three things. Number one, um, the old is gone, and the new is here. That's a good thing. The old has gone. If anyone's in Christ, they're a new creation. The old has passed away. All things are become new. Whatever was in your past, once you come to know Jesus, that is your past. That is not your identity. It's not your present, and it's not your future. The reality is, is that the old things have gone away. You know, it's interesting. The scripture tells us that the church is the bride of Christ. I had the amazing privilege. My wife and I had the privilege. We have five children. The first three were girls. And then we had uh, some, some painful circumstances in between with some miscarriages and things. And then we had two boys. So five kids, three girls and two boys. The first three girls uh, were there on their own for, we had about a five-year gap. And so I was a dodo for many years a dad of daughters only, okay? So I was a dad of daughters only for many years. And all three of my girls got to the place where they got married. Now, when the Bible says that the church is the bride of Christ, some of us as guys especially go like, uh, okay, I don't know what that means. What does that mean to be the bride of Christ? It seems kind of weird. Well, the bride of Christ means that we're in union with him. And I can just tell you this, being a bride is not a passive experience. I watch my wife and I watch my three daughters and then hundreds of people that I've had the privilege to do their weddings. It, being a bride is not a passive experience. It's an active, engaged experience. God has left you on the planet for a specific assignment. And that's point number two, that we've been reconciled. We've been reconciled and God has given us the message of reconciliation. Did anybody ever watch the original Star Trek? 
the only truly authentic one. The, the original Star Trek, sorry, the original Star Trek was an amazing series. Do you ever remember what Captain Kirk would, would, would say um, to McCoy? He would say, beam me up, beam me up, Scotty. Beam, or not, not McCoy, but Scotty. He would say, beam me up, Scotty, beam me up. So here's the reality. If Gene Roddenberry, the executive producer of Star Trek, could imagine a transporter beam, have you ever wondered, why doesn't God just beam us up when we come to know Christ? Wouldn't that be amazing if you shared Christ with somebody like you had at Easter, a couple hundred people said yes to Jesus, and as soon as they said yes to Jesus, boom, they got beamed up to heaven. Would that not be amazing? Like, I think that would make an impact on the planet. You'd go like, whoa, anybody who comes to know Jesus is gone. So for whatever reason, if Gene Roddenberry could imagine it and film it, don't you think God could do it? But for whatever reason, God chose not to beam us up when we come to know Christ. Which tells me that he left us here on purpose. Because God doesn't do anything accidental-like. He left us here on purpose because we are God's plan A. And he reconciled the world to, through Christ, not counting their sins against them, and he gave us the message of reconciliation. So when you're at work with that really crummy coworker, that really abrasive boss, that really difficult governmental decision that really chaps your hide, you can edit that out of the thing, that really chaps your hide, that, those kind of things, those kind of things, you know what? You are given the message of reconciliation. Did you know this? The Bible says the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. And the life that we now live in the everyday, we don't live by our flesh, our natural realm. We live by the power of the Holy Spirit who lives in us so that we can become his disciples and ambassadors. Now, if you get me going too much, I'll go, go over time. So don't, I'm kidding. You clap as much as you want because the spirit of the living God is here this morning and wants to speak to your heart. So I want you to know that we are reconciled and he's given us the message of reconciliation. Here's the third thing. We are ambassadors. We literally beg people to be reconciled to God. So I wanna just very quickly, very quickly just say to you, there's a deception that's happened in our world. And this deception that's happened in our world is in the church. And I, wanna, and I, I love this church. I love the pastors and the leaders. I love the fruit of this ministry. But this deception can even come in a place like this. And it can come in a, in, in a person like me. So I wanna help you real quickly. Here's the deception. The deception is that there is a sacred and secular divide in life. This is sacred, right? We've experienced the touch of God. It's sacred when you go be a part of your small group. It's sacred when you serve in a compassion ministry. It's sacred when you go share Christ with a neighbor. It's sacred when you do your personal devotions at home. That's sacred. But the rest of life is secular. You know, when you go to your job and when you're walking the dog in the neighborhood, when you're at the gym and when you're at the game, those are secular times. Can I tell you, friends, that is a lie from the pit of hell. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, there is never a breath that you draw in. There is never a step that you take. There is never a relationship that you're in. There's never a conversation that's occurring. There's never anything that you're writing that is secular. All of life is redeemed and comes under the lordship of Jesus. So he actually has you at that government counter talking with the person across the counter. He has you in the restaurant talking to the server. He has you engaging with your neighbor. He has you. Have you ever done family reunions and met somebody that you were willing to swear an oath you were not related to? Has that ever happened to you where you just go, there's no way, no, I refuse to believe that I'm related to him or her. If that's ever happened to you, like sometimes that's our reality, but, but you know what? All of life is sacred, and you are there on purpose. We are literally to beg people to be reconciled to God. Let me give you another quick thing. I just, I have a burden for it. It's a passion that's been burning in my soul. This one for about 20 plus years. I'm not saying I've ever really said these words, and I'm not saying that pastors have ever said these words, but, but this is sometimes what comes across. If you're in this room today, or you're watching this sometime later, and you do not work at the church for your vocational pay. Like in other words, you work somewhere in the marketplace. I want to say this to you. Sometimes people like me have communicated in such a way that people like you believe it goes something like this. If you really love Jesus, you'll be a pastor or you'll be a missionary. 
But if you don't love Jesus that much, then go ahead and go to work in the marketplace, make a bunch of money, bring a lot of that to the church, and then you can serve here, and that's second best. Now I wanna say this to you, look at me carefully. If you work in the marketplace, your vocation is not a curse, it's a calling. Your vocation is an assignment from heaven. It's an assignment from heaven and it was given to you and he has you in that place strategically and specifically for his kingdom purposes. You are a son or daughter of the Most High. You are a son or daughter who has an ambassadorship upon your life. You are called to make a difference. You are called to live with overflow. Colossians chapter two, verse six and seven says this. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. The Christian life is a life of overflow, where just as we live in him and are rooted in him, then our life overflows. So I want to challenge you to two things this week, because I think you carry heaven with you every day. I think you carry the resurrected Christ with you every day. I think you carry the spirit of the living God with you every day in every atmosphere you walk in. I wanna challenge you to two things. Number one, would you be willing to pray this week? Would you be willing to pray and say, Jesus, sometime this week in a very specific way, would you speak to me about demonstrating your love to somebody? Maybe that's a word that you will speak. Maybe how you will demonstrate the love of Christ is that you'll serve somebody. Ask Jesus to reveal how you could demonstrate the love of Christ to somebody this week. Our world is desperately in need of the love of Jesus. And I'm so thankful for this church family and how you've demonstrated over and over again, literally thousands upon tens of thousands of meals, millions upon millions of dollars, and you have blessed this community. This address is not an accident. It's your assignment, and I thank you for being faithful. But would you pray for that personally? Here's the second thing. If you do not know your spiritual gifts, the Bible says that every single Christian has been given a spiritual gift, and I'm really burdened about this. I believe that Christianity is not a passive spectator experience. Every single one of us are supposed to be activated in the kingdom of God and be able to serve. So if you don't know your spiritual gift, you drop a note, you call the office. I know that this church family believes in equipping people to discover the ministry that God's assigned them. So you ask Jesus, how can I show your love? And if you don't know your spiritual gifts, how can I discover my gifts? I'll tell you a quick story. About seven months ago, as I was on another journey in my spiritual life and just moving forward, I felt like the Lord asked me to do something that I haven't done for years. In my job as the president of a school, I eat at a lot of restaurants. You can tell, right? I eat at a lot of restaurants and uh, I love to eat and uh, I love to be in restaurants with friends. And so about seven months ago, I started doing this. Felt like the Lord told me to. So I started doing this. I, I went to restaurants and I'd say when the server came up, could you tell me your name? And sometimes they have name tags, but they would tell me their name. And I say, look, um, we like to pray for our food. So we're gonna pray for our food uh, in just a moment after you finish with the order. And by the way, I used to be a server. So I'm super sensitive that, you know, they're busy, they're crazy, a lot of different tables they gotta serve. But I say, would you tell me your name? We like to pray for our food. But second of all, can I pray for you for one thing? What's one thing I could pray for you about today? Friends, in the last seven months, I've probably had five or six times where people just say, excuse me, and they walk away from the table. And then when they come back, tears will be in their eyes. And they'll say, I cannot believe that somebody is offering to pray for me. You have no idea what I'm going through. <laughs> friends, friends in our neighborhood, in our family, in our workplace, people are going through stuff. And, and so, now I, I wanna be honest with you, like several times, like not 10, but, but several times, I've also had people say to me, hey, uh, I'm not really religious. I'm not really a praying person. So I'm gonna give you how to respond to that. This is what I do. I say, oh, that's totally fine. I said, I'm a praying person. So I'm gonna pray for you to have a great day and that today will be your single best day in tips that you've ever received. Now, by the way, no server is going to be opposed to that, right? Like every server is going to go, yeah, bring it on. I don't believe in prayer, but if you're going to pray for that, do it. And by the way, I can be an answer to their prayer. I can start being an answer to their prayer. Friends, this week, I want you to be an ambassador of grace. I want you to believe that Jesus' prayer on earth as it was in heaven was not a hallmark sentiment. It was a declaration of the intent of the Father. Would you close your eyes? Spirit of the living God right now, 
Spirit of the living God, thank you for being present in this place. I thank you for the pastors and leaders. I thank you for the ministry of this church. I thank you for the legacy. Holy Spirit, right now, for every single person in this room, every single person watching online, every person who will ever see this teaching, I pray, Holy Spirit, that right now in this place, that you would commission sons and daughters, sons and daughters of the Most High, that babes would grow into sons and, and, and daughters, and that sons and daughters would grow into fathers and mothers, and that we would make disciples who make disciples, and that this week, we would find a place to demonstrate your love and grace to the world around us. This week, you would put us on the journey of discovering our spiritual gifts. Jesus, we are grace ambassadors, and we consecrate our lives to you to that end. We ask all these things in the precious and awesome name of Jesus. Amen. Lord bless you. Let's all stand together and say thank you one more time to Dr. Jackson for bringing that word. You are God's plan A. He's put you where you are, doing what you do, knowing what you know, experiencing what you have, because He wants His grace to work through you. You know, you, when you read through the New Testament, there are quite a few letters or epistles that have been written, and almost every single one of them starts with and ends with the same statement, grace to you, grace to you. God wants to pour His grace on us, but He wants to pour His grace through you. And so I'm about to commission you to go out and be those grace ambassadors. This is an amazing book Dr. Jackson written. He's gonna be in the foyer after service. Stop by, he'll sign it, you can pick it up, you can talk to him. I encourage you to take one of those. Also, just a reminder that you can sign up for the single adult conference. You can also sign up for the, the special concert that Take Six is gonna be doing with us and you can sign up to go to the Philippines. There are so many ways to be connected. Now, in just a moment, I'm gonna pray and we're gonna go out. Don't run. You don't have to be the first one to your car. Take your time, introduce yourself to somebody, speak grace over them. Maybe you'll meet a new friend, who knows? Maybe you'll find the one, I don't know. But take your time on your way out to interact as we continue to be the family of God in these next moments. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May He cause His face to shine upon you and give you His peace. May you be blessed in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. God bless you. We love you. Have a great week in the Lord.